Hello and welcome to Kabam Mavs. I'm your host, Jesse Matarazzo, and today we are going to have the great Dwight Powell debate. Let's jump right into it. So you may be wondering, what is the great Dwight Powell debate? What are you talking about? Well, there's a debate between two fandoms of Mavericks fandoms that uh, one fandom says Dwight Powell is a really good player. He's uh, Our offensive rating is sky high when he's on the floor. We need to keep him in the starting lineup. And then there's people that watch the game and see him you know, playing very horrible defense, not shooting well, not rebounding having small arms and criticizing him for all this other stuff. Uh, and, you know, there it's a complex issue, and I wanted to contextualize everything, analyze everything, and let everyone kind of have a clear understanding of why he's on the court and why we can't replace him with Maxi uh, in the short term. Now, we'll get into that in a second, but it is a very complex issue, it doesn't mean I'm for or against Powell starting. I just want to give an objective sort of analysis on why these two factions of Mavs fandom are arguing over Dwight Powell. Now, Dwight Powell suffered a gruesome Achilles injury earlier this year at the beginning of the year, and uh, he had been out ever since, was out for the season. The new season is upon us, and lo and behold, he's in the starting lineup uh, and some fans were not very happy about Dwight Powell. Now, in this preseason, Dwight Powell, you know, uh, had the the tough task of playing Giannis two games in a row, and then Carl Anthony Towns, the two best scoring big men in the NBA, some of the hardest people to score in the NBA, uh, going up against them after he's coming back from the most gruesome injury in sports. So there's a little bit of context there. Um, he comes back, plays really poor defense, does not shoot very well, um, doesn't really get up on his lobs, wasn't able to catch a lot of lobs. Uh, now, athletically, he does seem like he's pretty much there. He wasn't really, um, you know, limited in sort of the things he does. I noticed that some of the lobs that they normally would pass to him, he wasn't able to get up there and get them. Now, that is a concern because if he is not a lob threat, then uh, all these analytics we're going to talk about in a second, that point is going to be moot. Um, but I do think that it is important to note that a lot of things that he does on the court are not really felt uh, on the stat sheet or on, you know, and they don't pass the eye test. But if you look at the space that he creates, it's one of the reasons why we have one of the best uh, offenses of all time. So the normal everyday sports fan doesn't have the hours and hours and hours to dive deep into analytics. They've never been a coach before. They don't have hours and hours to spend watching tape. They just don't have the time to understand what's happening here and why Powell is starting when he just doesn't pass the eye test, doesn't pass the, the normal counting stats test, and doesn't really seem to have the skill sets to be starting uh, in the NBA. I get that. That doesn't mean you're not a real fan to be critical of Powell. It doesn't mean that you are uh, not smart or anything like that. It just means certain people have tons and tons of time 
to spend in their career or in their personal life to dive into analytics and watch tape and you know look at and analyze things uh, and properly contextualize things. Um, I have no life, so I will dive into tons of different things and try to be as objective as possible and try to get to the bottom of what's going on here because as a normal person just watching the game, yeah, it's kind of puzzling. Why is this guy that can't defend starting uh, in the game and isn't really contributing much at all? But then when you dive a little bit deeper, you watch the tape and really analyze the tape and you look at the advanced analytics, there's a lot more to this story. So what does Dwight Powell do well? Well, I know you hear the, oh, he's the leader of the team, he's a locker room guy, blah, blah, blah. Most frustrated fans are not going to care about um, how good he is in the locker room. Good people don't win championships. I get it. I get that argument. Okay. What does he do on the court? Well, what he does on the court is he sets amazing screens, turns, runs to the rim with perfect timing, and is able to elevate and come up for a dunk. And because he's the best in the league at doing that, he creates gravity. Now, for anyone that doesn't really understand gravity, it's kind of self-explanatory, but I'll explain it. Gravity means, does your skill set... And the things you do on the court, does it pull a defender towards you? And if you can pull a defender towards you because you're so good at what you do and they have to game plan for you, every single team in the NBA, when they game plan before a game, they have to game plan for certain players. Now, there's certain players that they don't game plan for, and then there's players that do. Every single team in the NBA has to game plan for Dwight Powell or he will make you look silly on highlight reels. Right now, I understand that he missed some lobs earlier in preseason and he's he's coming back from injury. It's going to take some time, but he is lethal turning and running hard, hard to the rim because you have that gravity and because they have the game plan for you. You are pulling a defender off of their man to try to stop you from scoring. And that doesn't mean that if you do it every time you're being uh Effective. It just means you have to have that threat of running to the rim to pull that defender. Now, Rick Carlisle is so good at manipulating space. There's a few things in this offense that you have questions about. Why does Luka take so many outside threes? Why does Porzingis take so many outside threes when they're not above 35% from three? Well, why does Powell run to the rim all the time? Why do we have him on the floor? All those answers are the same answer, spacing. We need spacing to be able to have Dorian Finney-Smith and uh, Maxi Klebas and you know uh, Josh Richardson and all these players shooting super efficiently from three because they're able to have so much space to hit threes. That's why we do all these things that may look frustrating because the payoff you don't see till three plays later. So you have to understand that when Powell's running to the rim, it doesn't matter if he's uh, going in there for a dunk. Even if he runs to the rim and Luca on pick and roll does not go to him and he takes it to the outside for an outside shot where he's wide open, 
It's three points instead of two. So you have to understand what Powell is doing as a decoy. When Luca is shooting from 35 feet on step backs, you're like, what is he doing? Well, what he's doing is pulling his defender up on him. So you create a ton of space for other players. And you have to do that to sort of set a trap for the defense. It's like playing chess. You have to do a couple things that may not make sense in the first couple moves so you can get a checkmate at the end. Now, to, lie, to dive a little bit deeper in the analytics, Dwight Powell, I won't get it too, I won't bog you down too much with analytics, but let's simplify it for a second. Dwight Powell is the number one player in the NBA, points per possession on screens to pick and roll. He scores um, the, the first in the NBA. Guess who's second? <laughs> That's Kristaps Porzingis. So the two best players, points per possession, in pick and roll screens are on our team. And why is that? Because of Rick Carlisle's system. Now, Dwight Powell is better than Kristaps Porzingis right now, at least last time he was playing, at creating those pick and rolls. And why is our offensive rating like 128 when he's on the floor versus when he's not, which is like 20 points lower? Well, the real reason is because when you have that pick and roll threat there, you are able to open up so much space for three-point shooters to shoot that it's overwhelming. Now, you don't see Dwight Powell getting all the accolades for his dunk or whatever else, but he's creating that. If there was an assist on gravity, if there were gravity assists as a statistic, he would be one of the tops in the league. So would Luka. So you have to understand gravity pulling defenders on you so you can create space for other players. That is the most effective thing in the NBA. And that is why Luka Doncic is one of the best players in the NBA. Uh, and that's why the, the Mavs offense was the number one offense in the history of basketball. Because they are able to utilize that space. So whenever you see Luka take a long step back and he's only shooting 31, 32% from three, and you're frustrated, it's because he's creating a ton of space, and that's why Luca can shoot 70% driving to the basket. And why a player that is undrafted, like Dorian Finney-Smith or Maxi Kleba, are shooting well above league average when they were horrible shooters before Luca came. That's why they can shoot so efficiently because they have tons and tons of space. That's why a Josh Richardson, who you saw lighted up in the preseason, was able to shoot like an ungodly uh, amount from three, like well over 60% from three, because he had so much space. And he didn't have that space in Philly, right? He didn't have that space in Philly for a couple reasons. One, because they don't work in that system. Two, it's because... Uh, he had zero space to work with. He was a 34% three-point shooter. That's below league average. And now he's shooting like a flamethrower. I know it's just preseason, but if you saw the offense and how well it clicked on three, our three-point shooting was amazing in the uh, preseason. And a lot of that has to do with Dwight Powell. Now, where are you going to pay for it? Yes, you're going to pay for it on the interior. You're going to pay for it defensively on the interior. You're also going to pay for it uh, in rebounds and shooting with Powell. But 
it's better to have the entire team shooting really high from three and sacrificing two players, which are the pick and roll tandem, than having them replacing him with a maxi. So let me explain why maxi is not starting. First off, let me say this. Maxi Kleba is an amazing player. He's a great defender. He's a really good shooter. Everything about Maxi's game, I love. But there's one problem. He's not a rim runner. He does not run hard to the basket. He does not set the screens. That, that's just not his game. So he's not able to create all that space like Dwight Powell is, right? He's usually hanging out on the three-point line during uh, offensive possessions, which that is super valuable too. He does provide that space on the wing, but he does not provide it. Uh, he does not provide that sort of gravity uh, on pick and rolls. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't play a different system, but Rick Carlisle loves to play that pick and roll, get the gravity, kick it out to open shooters. That's the sort of, and if you, if you have enough space, get the easy layup or dunk on the pick and roll. Like that's the way that the offense functions a lot of the time. If it's not just Luca shooting that really deep three, creating all that space, having that defender come up way uh, too high on him and he blowing past them and shooting 70% on drives. So there's all sorts of things that you have to think about with that. And also with Kristaps uh, Porzingis shooting 35 footers and opening up all that space for Luca and other players to drive, whoever that may be. Um, probably this year it's going to be Josh Richardson that's going to benefit a lot from that as well as Luca. So you have to understand spacing, you have to understand gravity, and you have to understand what Carlisle's comfortable doing with these types of players on the, the court. Now, could someone do that pick and roll better than Powell and also give you, um, or maybe not better, but at, at least adequately? You look at Christoph Porzingis, he was second in the league on uh, you know screens and pick and rolls uh, per possession uh, next to Powell. Powell is number one. So, you know, you could theoretically think, well, maybe Maxie's not that guy, but what about Willie Cauley-Stein? So Willie Cauley-Stein has the ability to set screens. He has the ability to rim run. That's why he was traded here, to replace Powell while he was injured. Now, for whatever reason, Powell has not yet uh, gotten run in the starting lineup to that much of a degree this year. Now, he has improved certain things, and a lot of people want Willie Cauley-Stein to start. I think the real reason why Willie Cauley-Stein hasn't replaced Powell yet is because Powell's back, he's proven it, and he if he still puts up the same analytical numbers that he did last year when he was so effective, we're going to be in a situation where uh, he's going to be too good for the offensive rating to take off the floor and experiment. Now, if he keeps on having really bad defensive outings and he's not going to be as effective on those uh you know, pick and roll alley-oops and all that stuff. Yeah, they may take him off. But just because he's not as effective on those alley-oops doesn't mean that he doesn't have the same gravity because those coaches are still game planning for Powell. They're still bringing in their defender to come off and defend, coming off their perimeter 
guy and defend in the paint. So in that situation, it's still super effective, even even if he isn't scoring. Now, if teams start not game planning for Powell as much and not bringing in those defenders because they don't think Powell's going to do that, that's when Carlisle is going to switch things up. Um, I think this is going to be a moot point, though, because when KP comes back, he's certainly a very effective uh, pick-and-roll run-to-the-rim guy, and they may go back with Maxi as the four just so they have that added spacing and the rim running. They'll have the best of both worlds there. So I think this whole debate is, uh, while it makes sense for both sides to argue these two things, I think that the debate really won't matter once KP comes back. So if I want to get a little bit deeper into this, just to put a bow on all of it, if you were to replace Willie Cauley-Stein and he's able to get his uh, points per possession on pick and roll uh, screens up to close to the 1.3 that Powell is, I do think you will see a replacement. But until that happens, until the analytics tell a different story, Rick Carlisle's not going to change uh, who he is. Because then if you don't do that and you run with Maxi as a starter, that starts to um, make the opportunities for our three-point shooting much less. We get a little bit less space on the floor and we don't have that sort of gravity that we had before. So when you really look at Powell's stats, the fair thing to do would be look at how, what is our three-point percentage when he's on the floor. If it's high and we're having a great game, you can thank Powell for us shooting lights out in the preseason. And I know it's super hard to do when you are you know, wanting to bash the guy that you know everyone says he has the T-Rex arms and and can't defend or or get rebounds and can't shoot and all these other things bashing him. But the one skill set he does have is super powerful. So uh, just think about that next time Powell's on the floor. Next time Powell's on the floor and not doing much, look at the three-point shooters. Because if the three-point shooters are shooting with wide open space, we had the number one amount of open shots, uh, open three-point shots in the NBA with 6.7 wide open three-point shots. And the reason for that is two things, Luca and Dwight Powell. And if you watch the tape over and over again, you're going to start to see why that's the case. So think twice about criticizing Powell when you have... Uh, you know, when when you're also uh, basically celebrating all this great three-point shooting. Um, th- another thing that I wanted to mention is I'm not against benching him and putting in a different player if they can be more effective in that system. But until that happens, I ha- find it very difficult to uh, put to think that Carlisle is going to actually change anything up in this offense because basically the combination of Luca and Powell were responsible for the number one offense in NBA history. Willie Cauley-Stein has a chance to dethrone Powell in the starting lineup, 
but it's a small chance. And I understand people want maxi and, you know, we're going to go back and forth about that. People are going to go back and forth about that. Do I like maxi better as a player? Yes, but I do understand the game plan here, right? So one thing about Willie Cauley-Stein, though, is that he is a good rim runner. He is athletic. He is long. He can defend. He can rebound. He can do all those things. Will he get the chance? I hope so. I hope there are days where, you know, Powell is resting his his Achilles and we have some time to throw Willie Cauley-Stein in there and see what he can do with the first team and see if he creates that sort of space, if he is that pick-and-roll threat, if he is setting those screens, does he understand the offense well enough to be able to do that? He did not have that much time. He had a very small sample size last year. And for him not playing in the bubble and not, not doing uh, anything in the playoffs, it was a hindrance for sure. Um, and I think that maybe he could have gotten up to speed. I, do I think Willie Cauley-Stein is more talented and uh, has more, you know, skills and is more athletic. Um, you know, it's a debate. It's a debate to to think about. And I guess we'll find out within the season. But it is very important to look at that uh, points per possession on uh, pick and roll screens to be able to understand um, who who is the best in that situation. Now, it, it will likely be. KP, honestly, at, at the five um, for for much of the season anyway. So, you know, Willie Cauley-Stein will, will probably get some run. And will he be a, a possible replacement later in the year? You know, it, it, may, it may become that, right? Um, but it is also important to think he doesn't have the timing down that Powell does. He doesn't have the uh, reputation as being the best in the league. He doesn't necessarily have that game plan yet, and it will take time. And it's going to take some patience because Powell is going to start hitting those alley-oops. Powell is going to start commanding a lot more gravity than he even is now uh, once he gets back into rhythm. He's just coming off a devastating injury. So it's important to take in all those different factors when trying to decide whether or not to start him. Now, do you start once KP starts? Then I do agree that Pal, uh, that uh, Maxi Kleba should be the starting power forward next to KP because KP will be that pick and roll screen setting rim runner uh, as well as a shooter in this offense. Um, and and that's fine. And, and I think that they played really well together last year. So uh, we're going to see a lot of lineup changes, guys. You're going to get frustrated with Carlisle. But before you get all mad and tweet nasty things and, you know, bash our longest standing Maverick, it's important to look at every single aspect of things. Carlisle is a smart guy. He's not going to just do things out of loyalty. He's going to look at the numbers and he's going to evaluate what's going on in the court and valuing that space. And, you know, he had the number one offense in the league for a reason. He knows what he's doing, guys. Um, and I don't I don't want it to seem like I'm bashing anyone that's critical of Powell. He frustrates me too, I'm not going to lie. But until there's a better pick and roll option to start when KP's out, um, I think we're pretty much going to keep with that game plan. So, 
That's it for today's episode, guys. If you like this episode, please follow, like, subscribe, all the fun things. Find me on the Locker Room app and tweet me at Kabam Sports or uh, at Kabam Media on Twitter. I will respond to both. So I will see you on the next episode.